Maha Abule name. I don't know if I said that Pretty right. Pretty good. Okay. Yeah, really well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to, to have a conversation with you. I'm going to do my best to sum up a little bit of your experience and would love for you to expand on what I share. Okay. But communications expert advising global corporate giants, high growth tech startups, top governments, high net worth individuals. You help people and brands tell their stories, build their brands and protect their reputations. And just to name drop a few of those people, Netflix, Google, Gary V, Patrick, Muritoglu, coach of Serena Williams. You've done a lot. Yeah, I've been busy. It's been fun. <laughs> I like the diversity of the job. Keeps me on my toes. Hey, are you interested in marketing, community building, NFTs and crypto, social media, and the metaverse? It's all moving fast and it's easy to be overwhelmed. No one knows the future and no one knows exactly what the intersection of these things will look like. My name is Mark Robinson and I do my best to break it down as we connect with leaders in the space and figure it out together. Thanks for listening as we laugh, learn, and lean into the future of digital marketing. Anything you want to add to what I just shared or anything you want to say to sum up what you're working on? No, I mean, I've been on this journey in the metaverse and NFTs and Web3 since January of 2020. So it's kind of really fun for me to like learn, not January of 2020, January 2021, learn a lot about this process and how it's going and, you know, I sit very close to the sun, i.e. Gary Vee, who's like one of the leading thought leaders in the space and really kind of driving the conversation and leading a lot of people to think about it in different ways and meaningful ways, actually. So that's been mm -hmm. an exciting journey for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, I mean, I feel like Gary Vee is looked at typically as the thought leader in that space. If somebody knows about NFTs, guaranteed they know about Gary Vee, right? And yeah. so with that, he is and when it comes to storytelling and PR and social media and branding, which is your wheelhouse. And so he yep. brought you on, which says a yep. lot about you. And that's when he's looked at as the person in that space. So what did that look like? What what value do you add there? And how does that relationship work with you advising the, the master there? It's interesting because Gary always talks about like how for his whole career has been about being first in culture and being first in telling stories, like using platforms where consumer attention is going. And so one of the things that Gary is really good about is like talking about how brands should be like media companies or people should think of themselves as media companies and just publish a lot of content, have direct relationships with consumers. And I kind of came into Gary's world as a consumer. I started consuming his content, listening to what he was doing watching what he was talking about. One of the things he talked about was build your own personal brand. Right. And it was one of his books called Crush It. That's how I kind of learned about him. And I'm like, wait, I have a lot of experience. I've done communications for a long time, working for Netflix and Google and all these big companies. Maybe I have something that other people want to learn from, or I can scale that, scale that. So anyway, it's very long story short. I reached out to him and I'm like, listen, I think, you know, what you do is very unique in terms of storytelling and content creation and really helping people think of themselves as media companies and personal brands and or businesses should be really be doing a good job of doing better storytelling through social. Why don't we think about doing that stuff in the Middle East? I was based in Dubai at the time. I moved back to the US during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how the conversation started was what you do and how you scale content at scale, having contextual relevance, being a part of culture, can you do that with other markets around the world that really need that expertise? And so then one thing led to another, we started talking, he's like, well, hey, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I do PR, I do communications. I don't do, I'm not a social media agency, media company person. And so 
he's like, what does that look like? And so one thing led to another, we started talking, I'm like, why don't I show you what kind of what that looks like? And so then I ended up working with him and I've been with him for about five years now. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and when you talk about staying culturally relevant and telling stories that are relevant, how do you advise companies to think through that instead of just talking about what they do and what value they offer? How do you tell, help people or brands actually tell their stories in a way that is culturally relevant? So the first step is you need to be listening more. I think a lot of people think about what do I want to say? What should I be talking about? What content should I be putting out? What messages do I think are going to be the best ones that people want? Right. What you should do is listen first. Listen to the conversations. Listen to what the customers want. Follow what they're saying in their DMs. Listen to what they're making on comments on your posts. Listen first. In order for you to be relevant into a conversation and have contextual relevance in that conversation, you have to listen. What are they talking about? When are they talking about it? What's the piece that's missing in that conversation? And then you know where you can add the most value in that conversation. Right. When it comes to staying relevant and getting in front of things, what are, like, have you seen some brands and maybe you've advised these brands too, but really do a great job of capitalizing or getting in front of Web3 and entering the space in a tasteful way where they are super relevant and seen as leaders in a space that resonates well with people? Yeah, well, it's a really good question, first of all, but the space is so new. Mm -hmm. So how do you come in and bring value when you don't, you're new to the space as well? So there's a couple of things you can do. One is you want to come in with being super authentic, like, hey, guys, we're all new to this. We're all newbies. Let's go in it together. Second, stick to your values, like whatever you consistently do in your social media, in your marketing, with your teams, with your employees, find a way to bring relevance into the Web3 NFT space that's consistent with what you already do. So stick to your values after you think about authenticity. Third is credibility. What are some things you can do that are credible that would lend to success for you as a business or a brand? Are you doing educational outreach? Are you helping create loyalty for your brand? Are you helping to create an opportunity for them to engage with you, but using NFT technology or the NFT token as a gateway to already what you're doing in your marketing or in your communication strategy? So trying to be consistent is how you can be really authentic and really build credibility in a way that like makes, hey, we're all like one day into this. We're all today years old, as they say, in the NFT space. <laughs> Let's, uh, let's rely on that to like carry us forward to say, hey, there are no experts here. We're all trying to figure out what's the best way to do this, but lean back and rely on your values. What do you already do? What do you consistently have? Do you have a loyalty program? How do you use NFT to extend that to other people? Do you have a collectible item? How do you give that merch to somebody else that can do it? Do you offer a service? What kind of extra benefits can you offer? So doing what you currently do, but extending it using that technology. When do you think it becomes a value add versus a distraction? I think a lot of businesses are so busy just trying to like do all the things, right? If you're a business owner, you own a small, medium-sized company, it's like you're just trying to keep your head on straight, managing everything you already do. So to think about, oh, let me add this metaversal component in this NFT strategy and dive into Web3 seems a little daunting and it could be a distraction versus or a scene that way versus, hey, how can I get in front of something that's really transformative? How do you think about those things? Actually, one of the interesting observations I have is that people are adverse to risk and they don't want to jump in. They're like, oh, I think I'm going to set this one out. Like they're really focusing on like, it's too early. 
We don't want to go in and look stupid. It's too early. We don't understand it. It's too early. People don't own ETH in their wallet. It's too early. It's not something you can buy with a credit card. It's too early. I'm barely on TikTok and doing gaming, let alone thinking about NFTs and metaverse. Like mm -hmm. when you think about the risk appetite, a lot of clients, instead of saying, I'm going to go into this space and let's just do it because it's the in thing or the trending thing or the thing that we know is going to be the next big thing. In fact, they're taking the opposite approach. They're like sitting back to say, listen, let's wait another year. Let's think about it. Let's develop a strategy. Are we really going to be buying land in the metaverse? Do we really need to be living in virtual worlds? And they're treading very, very lightly about where they want to go into the space. Do you think they're wrong? Should everybody be diving into it? Or how do you make that decision? I think that every company and every business and every brand needs to have an NFT strategy because it will be mainstream, just like social media, just like having a website. I think the timing of when and how and what they do is something that each business will need to calculate for themselves mm -hmm. based on business priorities, market reach, appetite for you know the investment that's required because it does require an investment. It requires... Right really building a community, having a team to service that community. And it's not just a drop that you do and then you move on. It really requires a long-term approach. Yeah, it makes sense. How do you think the metaverse and NFTs and gaming, Web3, how is all of that going to shift what social media even looks like a year, two, three, five years from now and how people approach that? I, I wish I had a crystal ball, <laughs> but what I can tell you is that Look at how some of the mainstream social media platforms have been adopting it. So Twitter had a whole thing where you can integrate your avatar of your NFT into your profile. Instagram announced that they're going to get into the Coinbase, which was a currency you know, wallet where you can go and buy the currency. It announced that they're going into a platform where now you can actually buy the NFTs and they want to be the Amazon or the eBay or the transactional place where you go to shop for NFTs and buy your ETH and trade your volume or trade your assets based on the currencies that you have in your wallet. So I think social media companies are realizing that this is going to be where attention is going. So I think they're working on integration. I will think they will overlap a lot. How and when and how and timing is we're all going to watch. Right. <laughs> Have you seen have you seen people enter the space poorly or have you seen any mistakes that people are making consistently where you're like, okay, here's a few things to avoid as you embark on this journey and, and dive into it? I, I can't think of a specific project or I don't want to call out a specific project, but I think the projects that haven't been successful have missed the mark on their community. Like their bread and butter is their community. So investing in the community, nurturing that community, communicating with them, giving them feedback, engaging with them, growing it is super essential. So it, one of the biggest mistakes that the companies make that don't do it well is they are dismissing the value and importance of the community in the equation. And they're trying to go in, make money, and then not communicate with them afterwards. I think I have seen a couple of projects where they go, they do a project they meant, and then like for months, you don't hear anything from them. That's not a good strategy. Yeah, not a good look. Um, not a good look. For sure. So yeah, I guess, do you, do you have anything that you've seen in terms of what's been extremely effective for brands in telling their story that has resulted in them 
driving a really strong community. I know you, I'm not sure if yeah. Patrick's NFT project was something that you advised on the tennis coach. I saw that he- I didn't work on that. I, I actually worked with him all of last year. I haven't worked with him since January of this year. But I, I do think one thing on the NFT projects, the ones that have been super successful are the ones that have a roadmap. So people, it's like having shareholders. It's like having investors. You give them a shareholders report. You give them updates of where you're going with the project. You communicate with them on a regular basis to keep shareholder value high. You help them and have troubleshoot. So the discords that have ticket systems and, and answer questions, or if you have a problem, like just good old fashioned customer service is really what makes a good successful project. Really, it just takes, it's that hand-to-hand -hand combat of like, answering people on DMs, just like you do on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter, doing the same with you could on your Discord channel. Right. And all those things are pretty simple. Like you said, that's traditional business, right? Taking care of your actual customers, customers. Having, a, having a business plan or a roadmap, right? Of exactly. here's where we're going, taking care of your shareholders. None of those things are outlandish or, you know, should be a huge shock to anybody. 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Some of the things that you talk a lot about are like personal branding and storytelling, right? So you do like workshops and you teach people how to do that. How do you help? I think, I think all of us have a story to tell, but sometimes we discount it and think through, and I do this sometimes like, oh man, what am I going to share? That's of value to people. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. That resonates, that adds value. That's compelling. How do you walk people through that? Or how should we be thinking about crafting that story? So one is you have to pick something that's natural for you to do consistently that you can talk about consistently with ease and effort. So instead of thinking about what am I going to craft, it's just like, what do I automatically do all the time that I can, I can talk about all the time and never, it's like a never ending cup that I have to fill, right? Because if you can do it consistently, that's going to be the first win because if it takes a lot of effort and thinking and planning and overproduction and overthinking, you're not going to do it. Secondly is like, if you pick something that's a topic you love, yoga, photography, jewelry making, photo whatever the topic is, then you want to make sure that it's something you can do in a format that you're comfortable doing. So some people like podcasts, some people like blogs and they like to write, some people like to do videos. I mean, rarely will you see me doing like a selfie video, but I don't mind talking to camera. It just, it's a based on what, what makes you feel comfortable and what can you do consistently. The third, the other thing I was going to mention too, that I think have been very successful in people thinking about personal brands is just like, don't overthink the content and worry about judging like what it looks like. I mean, I could tell you so many times I get these videos. I'm like, oh my God, I hate the way I look. We're not doing that. And I'm like, trash that video. And then she's like, it's one video out of like a million videos on the internet. Do you really think that somebody's going to like look at that video and say her hair looks really terrible. Like nobody cares. Like yeah. nobody always scrutinizes as much as you do. And think about the number of videos that are posted and uploaded every single day across every single platform. And then you won't have to think twice about judging yourself on that one video. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think consistency in picking something that's sustainable to stick with is more important than like high value production in it? Is it a volume game? Is it quality? Is it a combination of the two? Um, I think it's just a matter of the message of your story. That's what people come for. Like, I think it's interesting when we saw during the pandemic, how like all the news organizations were reporting from their kitchens, right? It didn't change the way that we listen to the news. 
it just actually made them more authentic. They didn't have the hairstylist and the makeup <laughs> and the lighting and all that. It's just like, so I don't think production value is something that people discount. Like if you spend a lot of time on it, obviously people love good quality, but I don't think you should stray away from creating content because you think it has to be a certain bar. Right. Are there any things when you think about web three and the metaverse that you think people have wrong that you think are either like a myth or something that people are thinking about the space that people just thinking maybe just needs to be corrected around what it's going to look like? Very love this question. So first of all, everyone's scared of the metaverse. They're like, we're going to be living in virtual worlds and we're not going to have social skills and we're not going to talk to each other anymore. And our kids are just going to want to stay home in their screens. And they're already doing that with gaming and Roblox and they're not going to go out in the real world. And I think that's like a misconception because it's like a, it's an and world. It's going to be both. It's not going to be either or just like we buy things online, but we also go to the store you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we do things on social media, but we also go out to eat with our friends. Like right. we don't do one or the other. So I think a lot of people are like metaverse, scary, virtual worlds, avatars, meeting, we're never going to do things in person. I think that human contact and what we learned during the pandemic is how valuable human connection is yes. and seeing people IRL in real life is so important. Right. And so I, I don't think that People should be afraid of the metaverse. I think it's going to create a lot of opportunities. Like I might be able to go visit the museum of the Louvre virtually if I can't travel there. And like, there's going to be new technologies that are going to bring really exciting things on web three. I think, you know, web 1.0 is when the internet was introduced Two is when social media and apps came out and, you know, web three is just going to be, it's getting better and better and better and better. And there's going to be web four and five and six (laughs) as, as life goes on. Right. I think to your point of the metaverse is scary and people think everyone's just going to live in these little virtual reality worlds with these VR glasses and not talk to people. Something that like my thesis is that the companies that do the best at facilitating real human connection are going to win because I think instead of it becoming more digital and virtual, it's almost like the power of the community. You talked about that before. And I think that's more important than ever. And so the individual human connections are becoming like the focal point of this whole thing, even though it's going digital. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's even when people are afraid of like AI and robots and like artificial intelligence will automate tasks that are like repetitive and things that are taking a lot of time. It won't replace creativity. It won't replace emotion. It won't replace a lot of the things that make us creative human beings, it won't replace those things, but it will replace things like, you know, remedial work that needs to get done that just would be faster if it was done by a machine versus a human being. Right. And even if you think about the great resignation, like a lot of people don't want to do some of these jobs anymore. They're going to need to be replaced by AI to do these tasks. Because a lot of people don't, people want to have a good quality life. Right. They don't want to be working all the time. So they, they really are choosing what type of work do they want to do and how do they spend their time and how do they create impact and feel fulfilled and have a sense of purpose. So right. just, I think it's a matter of perspective in my opinion. And I think what you just said about fulfillment and purpose and impact, and I think this next generation is more driven to those things By too. That. Right. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so I think that is, that's driving 
marketing, it's driving the community. Like people want to be a part of something where there's a cause or a mission attached to it. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. I feel that way. I'm sure a lot of people are listening do the same. Question about how, like Gary V's whole strategy with V friends and VCon. It seems like he's so many steps ahead all the time. Nobody, nobody knows what his strategy is, but him. <laughs> he, he always has things out of the box. Like today, he is announcing V Friends Series 2 or we're releasing it. Or There are two surprises that he announced today that no one knew coming, had coming. One is that there's a game that you play until they're done minting all of them. And the winner of the game gets a prize, gets a V Friend. Mm-hmm. And two, with every purchase of an NFT, you get a box of cards, collectible cards. I don't know if you saw, but one of the cards I saw listed yesterday on eBay was a, one card was listed for $16,000. Wow. <laughs> and it was a free, like, yeah, it's insane. Just so that, like, yeah. yeah. And he's always trying to bring value and come up with ideas to surprise and delight the community. Gary's like the master of surprise and delight. I think, right. I want to know who coined that term, but like really come to your community with added value more than they expect. Surprise and delight, I think is not a lot of people's experience with NFT projects, right? There's a lot of, big promises and then people hoping they can meet them. And one thing I respect about, about Gary and he's not the only one, there's other people that, you know, if you look at the team and they're high caliber people that are, that can deliver and execute like he can. And he adds in the extra element of surprise and and delight, like you said, which is, which is awesome. What are you most excited about? That's, you know, coming up in this space. I know there's VCon, but like, yeah, what are things that you're you're stoked about when it comes to metaverse? And well, I am super excited about. I'm going to launch my own NFT project. Let's go. Which is kind of it's kind of okay. So listen, I've been sitting obviously in the front seat of what Gary's been doing. So I've been listening and learning a lot for the last year and a half. Yep. But like I talked about in the very beginning of this call, like if you are going to go into the space, do something that's consistent with what you already do who stay consistent to what your current values are. So like I have always been a proponent of being a lifelong learner and making sure that you become well-versed in topics that keep you relevant. So understanding NFTs, understanding Web3, understanding how to communicate, understanding gaming, understanding culture, understanding TikTok, all of those things, like those are the list of things that we need to know to be relevant today. There's going to be a new set that we need to know a year from now and five years from now. And so you need to always be sharpening your saw to stay relevant. And you need to always train and invest in yourself for your family, for your business, for your life, for your personal satisfaction, for your growth as a human being. So I said, what could I do if I were to launch an NFT? I'm not an artist. I don't do that. I don't do that. (laughs) But I do training and I do a lot of development and I teach people about building your personal brand and how to build a good network. And how did I get to be friends and build relationships, business relationships with all these important people. So my NFT project is going to be a membership into this training and network club, essentially, where you get to learn all the different training things. I'm going to give you access to my network. I'm going to be sharing a lot of education stuff. You buy a token, it's going to be less than $200. And it's basically a membership fee. And you come in and you get to learn, unlock the whole world. And so it's consistent with what I do training, education, communications, the topics I talk about, but it's using the new technology to help give access to way more people than people who would just hire my company to work for them and do their communication. So that's actually a good 
circle story. Actually, I didn't realize it was going to start and end that way, but it, it's a, it's a, I, I practice what I preach. Like right. I tell people do that. And I'm actually, that's how I'm entering into the space. It's a slow burn. Like we're planning very diligently to make sure that we have a community, that we have a team set up, that we're worried about, you know, making sure we bring value and, and making sure that we deliver on those aspects. But I implore everyone to think about doing it, but be consistent to what you do, bring value, build a community, get it right, and then pull the trigger to bring value to the community. Amazing. When, any idea when that's going to be dropping, when we can look out for that? This summer, this summer, this summer. summer. Okay, perfect. Well, I know we're we're coming out on like wrapping up on time here. Yes. So where is the best place for somebody to follow along and find you and any last words of advice you want to give for somebody looking to enter the space? First of all, they can follow me on at Maha Gaber, M-A-H-A-G-A-B-E-R on Instagram and on Twitter. So please follow me and give me feedback on this conversation, any questions you have. Two is stay in touch because I will be announcing details of the, the NFT project, which will give you access to a lot of the people that I work with, including Gary and other people. So I want to bring value by my network, adding value to my audience. And then the second question you said about the advice. So it's an education game. We're in listening mode. Take your time. You're not late. <laughs> Listen, learn, follow people on Twitter, get on Instagram, follow some people that have projects, subscribe to some newsletters. It could be a consumer of information and data. A long time ago, we used to say, oh man, it wouldn't be great if we were in the early days of Microsoft stock and Apple stock and Google stock. That time is now. So start investing and learning. It's not too late. It's, it's this week, it's next month, it's next year. We are in that first couple years space right now. And I'm really excited about this space and I hope a lot of people embrace it. Love it. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed the conversation today, Maha. It's my pleasure.